I'm Lee Schneider. This is the Future of Food. Atul Sood is the Chief Business Officer at Kitchen United, a venture-backed startup that is deploying ghost kitchens to help restaurant brands serve their customers without necessarily having a storefront or physical restaurant. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So first, let's start with the obvious. What is a ghost kitchen? So ghost kitchens are a relatively new phenomenon in the restaurant industry. They've only really been around for about three years, and we at Kitchen United were the pioneer in the space. Essentially, what ghost kitchens are is they're cooking facilities where restaurants prepare food for delivery and takeout only. So there's no in-restaurant dining room. There is, in our situation, a pickup center where consumers can come and pick up the food themselves. It's not just tailored towards delivery drivers. And there can be as many as 10 to 12 different restaurants cooking cuisine in uh, in any of these facilities. Generally speaking, from a ghost kitchen perspective, uh, we prefer taking about 6,500 to 10,000 square feet, and the restaurants cook the actual food, but ghost kitchens do a lot of the other back-of-house labor tasks associated with cleaning, sanitization, trash removal, etc. So paint a picture for me. We have a big space, and there's all these different kitchens cooking different cuisines, like there's a a French kitchen, an Italian kitchen, a Chinese kitchen, a Korean kitchen, all kind of in a big array there? What does that look like? Indeed, they're not really in an array. They tend to have their own four-wall spaces to cook out of. So from a food safety and operating concern perspective, each kitchen is isolated. But there will be cooking different cuisines. And in our situation, many of the operators are brands that you would have heard of. So we work with everybody from Chick-fil-A to Panera Bread to Grimaldi's Pizzeria out of New York City. And then there are a number of local operators as well. So it is a fascinating concept that kind of took off internationally. And we were the first, first folks to bring it here in the U.S. And why did you do it? Is it something you looked at and said, interesting market? or important need? Why you? Why now? So this, this was started about three and a half years ago. So it's been, it's been a while, definitely pre-pandemic. And one of the things we looked at, I personally, just to give you a little bit of my personal background, I led food delivery partnerships globally for McDonald's before I joined Kitchen United as the first employee. And uh, we saw this tremendous adoption curve taking place internationally in food delivery in uh, certain markets in the Middle East, China, elsewhere in East Asia, up to and north of 50% of food is consumed through delivery. And we saw those trends coming here with delivery growing just with an absolutely phenomenal growth rate. And uh, we recognized that the infrastructure needed to be put in place to support and sustain that delivery and that delivery demand. And uh, ghost kitchens were certainly one way to do it. So we put together a team and, and have been executing on our business plan for the last three years. So to be sure I caught that right, this was happening not in the U.S. first. Well, it's been happening uh, in different stages across the world. And the U.S. came to this market opportunity about three and a half years ago. It, it mm -hmm. started off in China and in the Middle East. Let's talk about your background a little bit, because you have a unique background and you're uniquely the guy to be deploying this. So why you and why now? 
Well, thank you. I think we're uniquely a team. There, there is a uh, there are a whole bunch of people within the company that have similarly appropriate backgrounds for this. You know, working at at the largest restaurant company in the world, McDonald's, really gives you a sense as to where the future of restaurants are going. And given the adoption rates for delivery that we were seeing here in the U.S., it it was a something that was very clear that large organizations, large brands would need support to do this type of uh, hub and spoke approach for delivery consumers and for pickup consumers as well. And so we assembled a team. Our CEO, Michael Montagno, is comes from a long-standing family background of restaurants as well. We have uh, a number of other people on the team that have built technology solutions for restaurants or really understood where the future construction was going for restaurants. We've been helping co-create this path with restaurants for the last three and a half years. So when we launched the business, nobody knew what a ghost kitchen was. And we had to call into restaurants and kind of explain the whole concept to them. And now it's kind of reversed where particularly uh, due to the pandemic, restaurants are are calling us and saying, hey, this seems like a really great way to approach expansion. Can you uh, can you help us think through this? Let's get into that a little you said hub and spoke. I immediately get the visual image of the central area and the outline. Mm-hmm. Is this really a creature of the pandemic? Or is it really something whose time has come and we're going to be seeing this driving the way restaurants are created in the future? You know, this was definitely well in the works before the pandemic hit us. I think what the pandemic has done has increased the speed at which market adoption has happened by a few years. So uh, this is definitely something we expect to be around for a long time. What I would say is that there have been very few significant tectonic shifts in the restaurant industry to to step back a little bit, Lee. The big one was the creation of the, the franchising model by McDonald's, which gave restaurants the ability to expand their footprint by offloading the capex to a franchisee and then came the advent of the drive through as well you know in and out created at mcdonald's i would argue perfected it and those two shifts happened over 50 years ago delivery becoming the new drive through which started with the advent of postmates and doordash about 6 years ago was a, another big shift and now with ghost kitchens restaurants don't need the capex to build a new unit at all. We are an asset light way to expand a restaurant footprint. And that is, that's really a shift that will spur significant growth in the restaurant industry for years to come, we think. How does that really drive things? If you don't need a lot of money, capital expenditure, CapEx, to get your restaurant off the ground, and delivery has become a major delivery system for your dinner, for your meal, does this mean that this is going to just get bigger? It's more dominant? Uh, it will reside side by side with the success of existing restaurants, but it is something that we expect will proliferate throughout the U.S. in the uh, coming years. You know, when we launched this business, we thought there could be hundreds of uh, these ghost kitchens run by Kitchen United all across the country. We think the opportunities expanded even beyond that. They're, uh, they're our aggressive growth plans we have in place. Definitely an opportunity for the reshaping of some component of the restaurant industry and off-premise dining in particular in um, in the years to come. And one of the one of the big reasons and advantages behind that is if if you think of a Kitchen United model, 
because there are 10 to 12 restaurants cooking under one roof, if your family has different taste preferences, you know, if I want Chinese, my kids want pizza, my wife wants sushi, we can get that all on the same ticket with the same delivery driver through kitchenunited.com or through our app. And you can certainly see that being something that families flock to. Uh, we've seen that in our own consumer analysis and insight that we've been tracking. And that uh, that's something that you can't really do through other delivery networks. Definitely not. I mean, you, you go brand by brand or genre by genre, at the very least. Indeed. There's long been a class system in restaurants. Maybe that's not the perfect way of expressing it, but there's the very high-end white tablecloth. There's the sort of nice place where you go on a date. There's the fast casual. There's the drive-through. And maybe mm-hmm. things that blur all of those categories. What do you think the idea of a ghost kitchen is doing to that somewhat stratified approach to restaurants? You know, I think there will always be uh, times and places for each of those types of restaurants to succeed, first of all. I think what it's doing is it's it's enabling restaurants that might have thought of themselves only in one cuisine type or one one bucket to recognize that they can be in a bucket that caters towards what we call the off-premise diner, which is somebody who's going to take the food to go and eat at home or in their office or in the park. And uh, really giving restaurants the flexibility to, to try out a different option. We do cater primarily towards restaurants that are more in what I would call the fast casual segment, where food can be cooked relatively quickly, where transport times for delivery will keep the food holding well. So primarily in that fast, casual, quick service restaurant segment. But that the other stratification is that they're large national players, they're kind of regional players, and then they're independent operators. And uh, really this, this business approach caters to all of those different types of restaurant brands that exist. Yeah, that's interesting because in this pandemic time, a lot of the worry is focused on the neighborhood place which is the anchor of the neighborhood that's now mm-hmm. closed and may not be able to open for various reasons, economics, the landlord, the foot traffic isn't there. When this finally clears, could be six months, could be a year, but whenever we're seeing some daylight here, do you think this approach would be of help to the mom and pop, not the fast casual, maybe somewhere in a different part of the strata. Do you think ghost kitchens could help some of those businesses get back on their feet? Is it an approach like that? Or is it really uniquely suited to fast casual and what would have been a drive-through? No, it's not necessarily only uh, appropriate for the fast casuals or drive-through quick service restaurants. Um, very much can support the mom-and-pop neighborhood establishment as well. In fact, we opened our fourth facility in Austin, Texas during the pandemic, and um, several of our members there are kind of those neighborhood establishments that are the local favorites that you referenced. So we are supporting the local independent restaurant operator as well, the mom-and-pop who wants to keep their dreams alive. And, uh, and that's very much part of the restaurant member curation that our team does to make mm-hmm. sure that the end consumers are getting a mix of all different types of brands that they might be, might be associating with or wanting to, wanting to get. 
some people disagree with me on this, but this could be coming out of the pandemic, a leveler, sort of a sense of democracy in restaurants where you could go to a very high end place and it's really all atmosphere and it's waiters running around in penguin suits and you're served one piece of asparagus on a plate, <laughs> which may not be as good at the end of the day as that incredible local place that has a lot of heart and soul. I'm wondering, how do we communicate that sense of what a restaurant is in the takeout bag? That's what a lot of people are wringing their hands about, really, that they don't know. They can't figure out how to get their food to travel. So is there an approach there that would help restaurant people and even diners? You know, there, there very much could be. You can build that relationship with the end consumer as a restaurant, even through takeout or delivery. And some of those little tips and tricks that we've encouraged our restaurant members to do include just putting a, sometimes a little handwritten note saying, you know, hope you enjoy the meal, hope you enjoy your, your cookie, putting an extra little treat in the bag that is unexpected. So you have kind of the surprise and delight factor for the restaurant consumer. Building a relationship like like that over delivery is not as easy as having somebody come into your restaurant and be there every uh, every week, but it is something that can be done as well. At the same time, you know, there's a lot of. I, I know you've had some servers on your um, on your podcast. There's there's a lot of heart in a restaurant operation itself, and when you're running ten to twelve different kitchens with different restaurants, you can build a lot of heart and community just within a kitchen center as you build that out. So we're very focused both on um, the consumer experience and on the employee experience and making sure that they have that conviviality and they have that um, camaraderie within the facility as well. They're trying to build a relationship with us. So we feel it's okay to do this, that it's somehow not messing up the experience, that it's finding a way into the experience that can continue even in these weird, crazy times. Indeed, indeed. And, you know, you saw during during the middle of COVID, early parts of COVID, restaurants trying to adapt by even selling grocery items or selling family style meals, doing all sorts of creative things. This is just another uh, another one that you could uh, potentially add to your quiver. When you look way out in the future, where do you want this all to be? What should a ghost kitchen be? What should Kitchen United be five years, 10 years out? Well, it should really be, from a Kitchen United standpoint, a completely transformative and, ex and accelerant to growth of restaurants, changing the way restaurants can expand their footprint. I fully believe that the next great restaurant brands in this country are being created right now. The hot lo local favorites are being created right now that will scale into regional brands as well. And Kitchen United should be a growth enabler for all of those brands. I think we will see hundreds of ghost kitchens dotted all across the country from smaller neighborhoods to larger towns and cities that enable this model of getting food proximate and close to an end consumer and being able to deliver it quickly. So I'm very excited about the growth. You know, we're quadrupling in size this year, if that's any indication of, of the opportunity that we see. So uh, definitely very exciting to be part of this change in the restaurant industry. The facility itself, the idea is robust. I wonder if restaurants are going to see it as a place to start, a place to find their middle, or an end game. 
In other words, certain chefs in LA were doing food trucks once upon a time as a kind of a test kitchen in a way. They would see if people liked it. And if it caught on, well, the next thing you knew, there was a restaurant that was based around that food truck, which might have been a spinoff of an established chef, but it gave the chef the experiment space. So I'm wondering, do you see chefs and restaurants and owners using this as a beginning, middle, or end? You know, that that's a great question, and it's really all of the above. I'll give you an example of one of our favorites down in our Scottsdale facility. We have four facilities, Chicago, Austin, Texas, Scottsdale, and Los Angeles, Pasadena. And one of our favorites in our Scottsdale facility was a food truck called Island Loco that had been operating a food truck for many years and and wanted to open a restaurant. And this is the way that uh, he chose to do so. So this was very much the beginning for him. You see other restaurants that are scaling outside of the LA region. So they might have started with us in LA. Panini Kebab and Grill is one of them. They started with us in LA. They expanded into Scottsdale as well. And they're doing great. And then you look at even a large operator like a Chick-fil-A or a White Castle. This is an expansion approach for them. So it is, it's both early stage, medium growth, and then end game. And it's just a matter of who we curate into each of our facilities to, to get the right mix for the consumers. I think this is really something that is working for the restaurants from an economic standpoint in a way that they haven't been able to see much work before. It's, it makes more sense to build out these facilities through us versus through their own approach to building ghost kitchens. So uh, yeah, we're, we're just very excited about the growth and the, uh, and the opportunity here. So thank you for the time. Thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the episode today. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Get show notes and more at futurex.fm. Future of Food is part of the Future X Network. I'm Lee Schneider.